Hello and welcome to the third edition of the Scottish Liberty Podcast. It's Thursday the 16th of June 2016. I'm Anthony Samaroff and here's Tom Laird. On the show today, we're going to be discussing the terrible incident that happened in Orlando, Florida just recently. As we know, a lone gunman went into a nightclub and killed 50, almost 50 people and there's a lot more injured. Uh, and it's it's all over the news. And first, they started off briefly blaming uh, Islam, and then they went on to blaming homophobia. And finally, according to um, a newspaper in New York, there's a newspaper in New York called the Daily News. It's called New York's hometown newspaper, and it says it's got a massive, uh, got a huge uh, front page. And on it, there's an AR-15 assault rifle looking menacing. And there's a small picture of the perpetrator of this crime, which is what it was. I don't even know if I would even call it a terrorist offence. I would just call it a crime. And it says, 50 dead in Orlando Club Massacre. Thanks, NRA. Because of your continued opposition to an assault rifle ban, terrorists like this lunatic can legally buy a killing machine and perpetrate the worst mass shooting in US history. So it wasn't Islam. It's not even homophobia. It's, it's all not even the perpetrator. It's not even the perpetrator. It's all down to the NRA. What do you think of that, Annie? Well, first of all, I'd like to ask you, why is it wrong? Why isn't the NRA responsible? Because isn't it true that if they'd got a assault rifle ban, that this chap wouldn't have been able to get a hand on a assault rifle? Well, it's odd because the guys in Paris who carried out the shooting at the Eagles of Death Metal concert, right. they managed to get a hold of uh, AK-47s. And, and it's there's, that, it, there's, there's gun control in France, there's gun control in, in most of Europe, yet they managed to get them. And as we all know, drugs in this country are illegal. What's the result of that? I mean, you can't get drugs for loving no, or money, can really you? Hard. You just you just cannot get drugs. Can't it's all it's it's absolutely impossible. Well, we we know that's a nonsense. It's prolific. In fact, drugs have never been so cheap compared to other products than they are right now, even with the the severe restrictions that there are there are on them. Can I just say, Daily News, you suck. It it's seems honest, it seems to be that the problem is that the guy got it legally. So in other words, if he bought it illegally, then that's not so bad. But he bought this thing legally. Now, there's all sorts of implications, and in, in, in there's a whole other chat that you could have about, okay, should he have been able to buy these guns? And people, and Hillary Clinton has said, you know, if you're on a terrorist list, you, know, you shouldn't be able to buy guns. It would seem, yeah. that would seem you know, fairly sensible. But then we had passed background checks. Yeah, he did. But here's the thing. It, it would seem kind of obvious, but wouldn't somebody, let's say in the 50s, wouldn't somebody like Martin Luther King be unable to buy a gun because he would be regarded as a threat uh, to the establishment. And then he couldn't um, defend He couldn't defend himself against either attackers or even the state who were out to, to, to curb his, his speech and curb the things that he was saying. So I think there's a danger that we go, okay, who's a terrorist and who's not? Who do we decide who is a real threat? I mean, this guy was, a, first of all, this guy was a lone you, gunman, right? Or a lone, what, what they call a lone wolf attacker. Just the same way that Anders Breivik was a lone wolf. Now, I can remember when I was in the in the right wing, there was a guy called Tom Metzger. 
Tom Metzger's known in America as the father of the skinhead movement. If you've ever seen the movie American History X, the Stacey Keach character is based on Tom Metzger. Tom Metzger practically came up with a lone wolf strategy. And the reason for the lone wolf strategy is you can't be infiltrated. You know, the smaller your cell is, the less chance you have of being infiltrated. And the smaller cell that I can think of or anybody else can think of is a cell of one. And Tom Metzger was just hatch your plan and do what you're going to do. Don't tell anybody. Just get yourself a hold of a gun and do some damage. And we know what one dedicated, if not evil, individual can do when you see what, what the likes of Breivik done and what this guy done in, uh, in Orlando. And I, there's no way you're going to convince me that... It, I mean, let, let's look at the assault rifle ban anyway. It's actually problematic deciding what is and what is not an assault rifle. The only difference between an assault, an AR-15 assault rifle and a rifle with the exact same capability and not being an assault rifle is just aesthetics. A rifle that's not an assault rifle, for example, may have a wooden furniture. It doesn't have a fire suppressor. It doesn't have a folding stock. It doesn't look like a military weapon, but it's just as capable. In fact, it's exactly the same. It's got the same rate of fire. It's just as lethal. So the ban on assault weapons, per se, would not prevent this kind of thing from mm -hmm. happening. Now, supposing they do ban them, America is absolutely full of guns. It's not as easy to disarm America as it was to disarm Great Britain. A lot of people aren't going to hand over their guns. A lot of people have already sold their guns. A lot of guns are already in the black market. Now, we are at the stage where we have the technology to electronically tag every single gun that's ever sold and have yeah. a database. Maybe we should be doing that. I'm sure there's some people that would say absolutely not. That's completely illiberal. Yeah. Uh, but as long as it's a contract between the buyer and the seller, then there's nothing wrong with that. We can trace who sold the gun to the terrorist. But the fact is the guns aren't going to disappear. There's so many of them. And the obvious argument, which has been brought up time and time again, is people who are law-abiding will be disarmed. Yeah. But people who are not law-abiding don't really care if guns are illegal or not. You can make them illegal. But the thing is, even people who want to make them illegal aren't anti-gun. Yeah. Because you need guns to take yeah. away the guns. That's the government right. yeah. needs to enforce that law at gunpoint. And you might be okay with who the government is today, but you never know what that government's going to be in 10 years from now, 20 years from now, 30 years from now, and so forth. And you cannot rely on law enforcement to protect you because no. at best... They can respond after the fact, after yeah. you've been robbed. Well, when seconds count, the police are minutes away. Yes. At best. So the solution, in my view, is not to ban guns. The solution is to educate and get people to start actually taking the responsibility as a gun owner seriously. People should be encouraged to learn how to use firearms responsibly. And then even if there's some idiots on your street who are being irresponsible with the guns, 
you call the cops, or B, you go over there and as a responsible gun owner, you show them how to use it properly. Yeah, if you don't get shot in the process. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think any... Well, actually, there are plenty of people calling for a ban on guns, but what the press here are saying, I know that even the Times of all newspapers, the Times here in, in the UK, have uh, in their editorial, said, you know, maybe it's time for, for America to look at these uh, the, the Second Amendment laws again. I don't think it is time for the Americans. You know, if you read the Second Amendment and the law, what it says is, the right of the people to bear arms shall not be infringed. I'm not a school teacher, but to me that says it's not even up for debate. It's a, it's an inherent right of somebody to be able to defend themselves, and if that involves guns, the founding fathers who put that amendment in there didn't do it so that you know John Smith could go out and shoot a turkey on a Sunday for his dinner. They had just thrown off a tyrannical government, and what they wanted to make sure is that the people could never be you know, screwed over by a tyrannical government again, and or at least a tyrannical government as they saw it. They could never be done. They could never do that again. Now, here in the UK, if you look at something like uh, the clearances, okay, the Highland, clearances. Highland clearances, part of the reason that 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 was enabled, right? Not the reason that it happened, but it was enabled. The reason they were able to herd people onto ships like cattle and send them to a country that they didn't even know where they were going is because the people lacked the arms to defend themselves from the predations of the landlords with the assistance of the government. You know? So this is what the, this, the 2A is about. That's what the Second Amendment is about. People being able to defend themselves now say, okay, why do they need a, re- a weapon that fires 30 rounds? Now, first of all, it's not an automatic weapon. It's a single-shot weapon. Yes, you've got a magazine with 30 rounds in it. As long as you keep pulling the trigger, you'll re- you'll, you will discharge a round. Why do people need that? Okay, why do the police need them? Right, why do the police... Why does yeah. the military... <laughs> yeah, exactly. You, know, if you, if, if you can make that same argument. Oh, but the police are up against criminals. What, and somebody in their house in, a, in an area that's not, you know... It's all right for someone in New York, you know, the New York Daily News, wherever they were. You know, it's all right for living in a nice apartment in Manhattan where you can phone the police and you'll probably get them to come reasonably quickly. But if you're living in a neighbourhood where the police maybe don't come around so much, and if they do, they're reluctant and they take ages to come. And they're not under obligation to defend you either. That's right. The, the Supreme Court has ruled in America that... The police have no duty to defend you. So it falls on yourself to defend yourself. And by the way, it may be the police or the government in the end that you might have to defend yourself from. And they're certainly packing this heat. In fact, they're coming at people with armoured cars. Yeah, we've seen so many videos on YouTube over the last few years of police brutality. The thing about guns is they're the great equaliser. A woman can protect herself from a man twice her size when she's armed. A weedy guy like me stands a chance in a gun battle with (laughs) with an ex-soldier like you. Do you know what I mean? It's a great equaliser. It makes people afraid to commit crimes. Now, I don't think fear is the best motivation not to be a criminal, but I'll take it. I would rather people weren't criminals because they had good values, they liked other people, and they were lovely philanthropes like me. But not everyone's like that. And the last defense I will take is, yeah, you're afraid to break into someone's house because they might have a gun. 
You're afraid to mug someone because they might have a gun. You're afraid to rob the corner shop because the person behind the corner shop doesn't have a gun. What about a psychologist who works with psychopaths? Shouldn't he be allowed to have a gun in his drawer? And on the point yeah. of guns being the great equaliser, where did the shooting happen? But in a gun-free zone. Yeah. As always, yeah. the shootings always happen yeah. in gun-free zones. That terrorist or criminal, whatever yeah. you want to call him, didn't say, oh, gun-free zone. I'm not, I better not go here with my, with my rifle because it's a gun-free zone. No, everyone else went in there without their guns. If there had been yeah. a couple of armed guards or a couple of civilians that had guns on them, they would have just shot the terrorists. Before he'd done so much damage. Before he did so the guy, much damage. One of the guys, one of the, the, the band members of the Eagles of Death Metal actually right. said that. You know, if we'd have been packing heat, at, well, I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, but you know, if we'd have been packing heat, at least we might have been able to take this guy out reasonably quickly before he'd done so much damage. Look at Dunblane. If one of the teachers or the headmaster or somebody had have had a, a sidearm and knew how to use it. Couldn't they have took that guy out before he killed all of those all, all of those kids? You know, you just get a couple of people at the school who are trained, whether it's the janitor or whether it's. Well, I don't. Know, I can't think of anything that. more frightening than a janny with a gun. To be honest. <laughs> but uh, that's an interesting one. That's, that's another at show. At least you have to have someone trained. It could be the school nurse, for God's sake. Do you know what I mean? But you could have a couple of people with a concealed firearm so as not to be waving it around in the face of the children. That would have solved the problem. That yeah. would have solved the problem. But I mean, as long as there's people in the world, there's going to be murders. In fact, to my knowledge, more people in America die every year, certainly in, in sense of murders. Well, we had motor accidents without without a question. You know, like ban these four this four wheeled menace immediately. But more in murders, at least, more people are actually killed by blunt instruments than are killed with automatic firearms or indeed even sidearms. But far and away, most firearm deaths are carried out with sidearms. They're not carried out with rifles or even assault rifles. I think the Columbine shooter uh, carried out his, his killings without one. I mean, it makes little difference, really. A gun is responsible for killing people in the same way that a shovel is responsible for digging a hole. It takes someone to pick the gun up, load it, and use it maliciously for, for this kind of thing to happen. But you don't look, look Timothy McVeigh killed over a hundred people and he'd done it with fertilizer. If you are dead set on wiping out a lot of people and you're a lone guy and you haven't told anybody you're gonna do it, there is very little that you can do people to prevent that and certainly taking guns out of the hands of law-abiding people and leaving them in the hands of violent criminals doesn't seem to be a very sensible solution to me yes and uh, the thing is people who are against gun ownership are so certain that it's a cut and dry case yeah that they actually don't even bother to check the facts. They're like, isn't it obvious? Isn't it obvious that guns should be banned? Now, if you're listening to this, you should look up the figure on how many people prevent crimes, how many yeah. law-abiding citizens prevent crimes every year because they happen to be carrying a gun when it happens. You will get figures everywhere from 100,000 a year right up to two and a half million. 
yeah. a year in the USA. That's a lot of crimes prevented. Now, I know some people will say, well, what if some of those crimes were only there because the people had guns? That might be a percentage of it, but it's not certainly the whole story. So there needs to be a balanced view. The other thing when it comes to checking the evidence is, have you ever looked up states that have introduced more strict gun legislation? Well, I, I kind of know for a fact that any dictatorship has to, first of all, disarm its population. Adolf Hitler disarmed the population. Stalin made sure that the population was disarmed. Fidel Castro disarmed the population. I'm sure they did it in, in Korea, North Korea as well. Uh, you cannot have... It's, it's extremely difficult to have a dictatorship when you have a well-armed populace. America has obviously 50 states mm. and some of those states or some cities, some individual cities have passed stricter gun regulations okay. and what invariably happens is crime goes up, right. not down. There may even be cases of places where they've repealed those laws and the um, incidents of crime have then lowered. Yeah. So I'm just asking people who are sceptical about this stuff, actually do some fact-checking, please. Don't, you don't have to take my word for it. I'm not the authority, but get on Google and have a look for yourself. I mean, do you think there's, there's an attitude amongst those on the left and liberals in America especially that somehow gun culture is a right-wing thing and they associate it with sort of machismo. There's something about it that gets their back up more than so. the actual. It's one of these things that America has turned into a really partisan issue because, of course, if you're a Democrat, you need to be against gun control for abortion. Uh, wasn't for, this for guy youth, who carried you know, out this atrocity in Orlando? He was. He was a member, a member of the Democrat, of the Democrat Party. Party. Okay. Now, imagine he'd gone in wearing a Make America Great cap on his head. Yeah. The whole of America would be like, see, this is what Trump supporters are like. Yeah. Right? Do you know what I mean? Or if he'd have been a member of, let's say, that mad pastor's Jonesboro Baptist right. Church who say, you know, God hates fags, you know, this is, this is, this is their big thing. They would immediately associate it, but... Hi, this is Anthony and Tam, and we just decided to put an addendum in at this bit because it's really ironic, because we found out that today a Labour MP was shot. Yeah, and condolences to all those that are concerned with that. She by, was shot. She was shot by a guy who's from the... who claimed to be from the Britain First movement. Because the media has been all over this and saying right wing this, right wing that. That if he'd been wearing a Trump Make America Great hat again, it would be all Trump supporters are like this. And, you know, neither of us, I don't, I don't think, yeah. are Trump supporters. No. Or consider ourselves on the right wing for that matter. Like, I certainly don't. And I think that I always consider libertarianism to be a third wing yeah, and, and I believe Britain first have actually released a video saying that, you know, they, they, they condemn this. Just watch out for this kind of thing, because when this happens, you know, it really depends on the group whether or not the media decides to go to town on it. At least, anyway, we'll, we'll go on with our, with our podcast. Weird watching the press and watching the left do acrobatics to try and make this 
not, and I'm not saying it necessarily is an Islamic crime, but they're they're heavily trying to disassociate this from even ISIS. Never mind Islam. Yes. Um, and and he did phone up saying something about ISIS. He did. He phoned up the emergency services and said he was claiming it. And ISIS have actually claimed it. I mean, why wouldn't they? This guy's done or struck a blow for them against the great Satan. But despite that fact, and, and, I'm, and I'm not saying that this has got anything to do with Islam per se, but it's amazing to watch the press do somersaults yeah, to try to and make it. But that. whereas they would not do that. Like you say, if the guy was wearing a Trump for President baseball cap when he went in and done this, or it had been somebody from the Jonesboro Baptist Church that done this, they would have immediately said, see, look, that's the kind of people that you're dealing yeah, with. that's what the writer like. The thing is, we do need to talk about, because what people believe does affect their yeah, behaviour. If I thought this house was on fire, I'd be for the door. So people with extremist religious views that is going to change their behavior and i think now you're you're meant to call it islamism yeah. when when it's when it's extreme islam and if it's moderate then you just call it islam because i think you need but i think it is relevant to libertarians because islam or islamism isn't just a religion it's a political philosophy as well. And it can be a form of cultural imperialism. It says a lot in Islam, yeah. really, about kafirs, which means a, non, a non-Muslim. You know, yeah. A lot of what is in the Islamic doctrine is about how Muslims should behave to, to non-Muslims. That's not the case with the Old Testament or the New Testament. Like, Judaism is about how Jews should behave, and Christianity is about how Christians should behave and let's be clear about this the west has killed a lot more muslims than yeah muslims have killed westerners well certainly in recent in history recent years, yeah. i mean afghanistan iraq drone bombing pakistan what's going on in syria sanctions against iraq all sorts of stuff yeah. funding both sides of the iran iraq war i think it's fair to say that the majority of casualties will have been muslims that said, we do have a right to criticise ideas. I'm sure on this show, you know, we'd be very critical of people with communist views and with, you know, status views about how we should... All sorts of collectivist views. Yeah, all sorts of collectivist views. And Islam is not just a religion. It also talks a lot about how the state should be run and so forth and what we should we should not have been fighting a war on terror that's that's us looking as a culture a western culture how have we dealt historically with other cultures when we have a conflict which is we go to war our country should not be interfering in these countries in ways that are likely to exacerbate radicalization as we have been doing. We're dealing with a different culture and we should have, the first port of call is to actually educate people so that they know what Islam is, so that they know what Islamism is, and they know what the difference is. Mm -hmm. And then they're well equipped to even argue against it, especially politically. So what we should have been doing is fighting an information war first and foremost yeah. so that we know the culture that we're dealing with. Instead, 
we've been guilty of all sorts of policies that have made the problem worse, not better. That is, if you actually believe that... Are you, are you trying to tell me that policies. government came out with policies that made things worse, not better? I find that extremely <laughs> easy to believe. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, that's kind of my last word, word on this topic. Well, 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 there's another sort of disturbing aspect to all this as well. I mean, what, I've, what I heard, I mean, I don't know if you know Owen Jones... Owen Jones is the guy who, he's the guardian, he's a lefty guy, he looks about 12 years old. He wrote a book called Chavs, uh, The Demonization of the Working Classes. Not without merit, I have to say, uh, in some of the things he says, even if he is a lefty. But he actually said to someone in the press recently, you don't understand this because you're not gay, right? right? Uh, I don't know if uh, you all out there know this. But the you know certain left wing think tanks have done experiments and uh, they've found out they've proved this it's empirical that when you shoot and kill a gay person they're up to eight and a half times more dead than than any other kind of person. This isn't a gay issue. It really isn't. This is a this is a man who went into a nightclub and shot fifty people. And he shot fifty people regardless. And if he hadn't have shot gay people, I am absolutely convinced. He'd have shot whoever he could. He may have shot 50 women because they were dressed, in his view, not in accordance with Sharia law. He may have shot 50 Jews, for example, because he felt that they violated um, you know, the rules of Islam. Whatever. I think he was a highly, I think he was certainly a disturbed individual. I think he's certainly a criminal. Whether you could even call this a terrorist offence, I don't know. You know, this is not a, a, a hate crime against homosexuals. I'm not sure about that. Well, okay. He did target I, a gay He did target event. a gay... Well, I mean, and they've also, by the bizarrely as well, they've tried to say that he could have been a gay himself and somehow, you know, he was a, a closet gay and this is how he dealt with it. Well, you know, maybe Anders Breivik was a closet socialist, you know, right. when, he, when he shot all those people uh, in Norway. I don't know if, if that's the case. All I know is, here, here's the thing. He killed 50 people. Right. Whether or not they were gay, black, white, women, whatever, you just can't go around doing that. It's not right. For me, the, the, it's a lesser issue. Yes, I understand why gay people say, well, but you don't understand. We've got to face this kind of violence all the time. People face violence every day for all sorts of reasons and it's not a good thing but I think if this guy hadn't have targeted this nightclub he certainly would have committed a certain a, a similar atrocity somewhere else but my final word certainly on the gun control side of things is this I understand people want to save lives and they go look it's terrible look less guns surely it equals less gun deaths and that would seem to make sense but there are bigger issues involved. And again, it's one of these subjects yes. that we've touched on and it's, it's bigger than the time that we have. So we'll probably go into it again in some part in the future. But my final word, and it could sound callous in, in the circumstances, but again, it's an issue of principle and an issue of liberty. You could pr prove to me flat out that more people will die as a result of the right to bear arms. And I would say... You still, even with that, you still have the right to bear arms. It's more the freedom is more important than my life, your life, anybody's life. Freedom is more important than that. And I'm afraid the Second Amendment in America is a necessary 
thing. Until nobody has guns, then everybody has to have the right to have them. Yes. For me, it's not just the freedom, which I think is extraordinarily important. It's the self-responsibility that comes with that freedom. And when you give up your guns, ha- the state again has to be your nanny. The state again has is suddenly It will be your protector. And it will exact a price for that. And it will exact a price for that. So identify with what you're saying. And I would add to that that people need to take responsibility for themselves. I'm not, I've never owned a gun. I don't live in a country where guns are legal. If I lived in a dodgy area and I was married with kids, I might have one. But if I did have one, I'd learn how to use it properly. And I just want to mention that America is an outlier in that, you know, Switzerland and Canada have far more guns per head than America does. And yet they don't. I don't know if you have the right to carry. They don't. I don't know. But they don't have a gun crime problem. And I think that's really important to identify because America is a complete outlier on all the data. So it's a cultural thing. For some reason, America is culturally weird around guns. And that needs to be dealt with on the cultural level. You need to actually dig down and find out what's motivating people to be more violent with guns in America than anywhere else and fix the problem at that level. Anything else is just a patch-up job. Yeah, I I, I would agree. Is that your final word on it? That's my final word. Excellent. Okay, loose women. Okay, from loose cannons to loose women. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, that's that's pretty good, actually. Um, Not in general, uh, the TV programme. I don't know if you've watched it, you've got... No, but I did meet one of the presenters on holiday. Really? Oh, yeah, you were telling me about that before. (laughs) I was in Portugal. Do you know which one it was? Victoria. Victoria. Nice girl. Victoria Sponge. I don't really know. I don't really know anything about this woman. I've never really watched it, but she was a nice person. Okay, I try not to watch it. It's like when it's like Radio 4's Women's Hour, I can't get to the radio quick enough. I've almost injured myself at times. It's the only program quicker than that. I try to get to the radio to turn it off to the archers. But anyway, uh, get four women on a panel and they talk about women-y things, whatever they happen to might be. And the other day... The proceedings were rudely and abruptly brought to a halt by Fathers for Justice. Da, 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 da. It's those men again. Right. Uh, remember the guy who climbed up on Buckingham Palace, I think it was, dressed as Batman, uh, to highlight his plight? Now, first of all, I want to say these guys are not without uh, an argument. They've, they've got a valid point and they should make it. Um, but I'm not sure that that tactic is the right one to use. I mean, we've, we've seen the tactics that feminists have used to shut down people like Warren Farrell at Toronto yeah. University and things like that. Um, Warren Farrell's a sweetie. I mean, he is a sweetie. Out of, out, of every, out of every men's rights activist that you could pick at, I you, know. You, you pick at the one that, that was a prominent feminist and has started 300 women's but then that, But then that, that kind of shows you the kind of bullying of that, particular type of feminism you know let's not attack somebody like Paul Elam or uh, even somebody on the on the the extreme like Jack Donovan because they might actually hit back Um, let's attack somebody who's a sweetie um, because we can bully them it's a similar kind of thing I think with Fathers for Justice I think they might have scored a bit of an own goal here because I I don't think this is the, the, the right tactic to use 
by all means protest. They could have protested outside. It just makes you look like an asshole. Yeah. And, and how does it stand? I mean, how do we stand with it? I mean, we're all for free what speech. If they work, what if it works? You're just basically bullying people into take up policies that you like. It's yeah. not democratic. It's not... You're not really um, convincing anybody. You're not anybody. convincing people. It's just whoever shouts the loudest, whoever blockades the most doorways. How would we say it stands with the non-aggression principle? I don't think it does. And see, when Gandhi was around... Was he part of Fathers for Justice? <laughs> <laughs> this is one of the things that I, you know, there's Gandhi the symbol and there's Gandhi the actual human being, right? Yeah. He had very specific political goals and anytime someone didn't agree with him, he'd just go on this fast and start starving himself to death until people gave in and because he was such a prominent and well-loved figure, people kowtowed. And one of those incidents since this Indian, shall we call him a philosopher, called Manu came along and started reinterpreting how Hindus should behave, yeah. brought in the caste system, brought in um, very inegalitarian policies towards women and culturally spread them. There's this group of people called the untouchables and people would like bath if you stood in the shadow of one of, one of them. You know, they're, they're, yeah. they're the caste below the four castes. Uh, there was an activist in Gandhi's lifetime who wanted to give them their own parliament or their, their own representatives in parliament. And Gandhi was against it, not because he was against the untouchables, but because he wanted the country to be united and, and for other reasons like that. And he went on a hunger strike until the gentleman who was leading this movement finally gave up because if Gandhi, if Ga he said he didn't care about himself, someone might have assassinated him if Gandhi had killed himself on his hunger fast. But it would have been a disaster for his people. And I just bring this up because, first of all, it's interesting historically and no one talks about it, but it's an example of where these tactics go. You don't want to use bullying policies to get your views across. You're, he's just being... A, Gandhi was being no better than a dictator. Yeah. He was using his clout to bring the whole country to a standstill for his personal political agenda. There was nothing democratic or caring about it. Fathers for Justice need to find every opportunity they can to publish articles, to give talks, to go out and engage people, get talks on university campuses, get out, make alliances with other groups, make alliances with equity feminists who are interested in father issues, you know, women who want dads to take more of a role in, in, in the parenting of well, children. Yeah, because I mean, there's a lot of women out there who, who may call themselves feminists who, who realise at least that what is bad for one half of the population yes. is going to affect the other half of the population adversely as well. Yes. And we, we need to open up dialogues and start, okay, you have one of your speakers, we'll have one of our speakers, and we'll see if we can learn something from you and you can learn something from us. But I don't agree with these bully boy tactics.
Is that your last word on that? That's my last word. That's pretty much my last word on it. I mean, I, I, I've got a lot of sympathy with the stance of Fathers for Justice. I, uh, I, I don't really have a, a problem with them dressing up as Batman <laughs> and, and, and hanging from a building or whatever, but I think the invasion of the Loose Women studio as a step too far, and I, I kind of condemn it just in the non-aggression principle in of itself. So I think that's all we've got for this show. Thank you for thanks. tuning in. Yep, thanks once again for listening in. Tell everybody about it. If you've got any comments, please let us know, even if they're, please shut the hell up. Um, <laughs> we'll, be t- we'll take that. Please share this show on your Facebook wall and subscribe to us on YouTube or on iTunes. What's your last word on this show? You- be libertarians. <laughs> yeah, don't be a lefty, don't be a righty. Be libertarian. There you go, nailed it.